0: Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast and our series, our exciting new series, Apostolic Solutions. I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about seven proofs your church is an apostolic center. Seven proofs your church is an apostolic center. Now, the term apostolic center for for a church, uh, unfortunately, has become bit of a buzzword in our culture today, such as often happens when something is introduced. The idea of a church being apostolic and having a particular uh, apostolic infrastructure and framework and function, that's nothing new. That's actually in the book of Acts. We just gave it terminology these days as the Holy Spirit began to breathe on churches having more of an apostolic demonstration than your typical classical pulpit-driven model. Pulpit-driven churches are, of course, you know, 90% of churches perhaps in the world are pulpit-driven models where uh, the work of the ministry is considered to be the pastor preaching from a pulpit to the congregation. That's the work of the ministry. And then you go and you go about what they consider to be your secular life until you can barely make it back <laughs> on Sunday morning to be ministered to again. Uh, that ecclesiastical model we have done for for a long time, and though it has bore some level of fruit and has uh, been a vehicle God has used, uh, the pulpit-driven model hasn't got us there as far as fulfilling the Great Commission. And I won't get into the difference between pulpit-driven church and kingdom-driven church today, that's for another day. But the apostolic center model has a lot to do with sending. It's really a sending center. It's a place that people can come, be filled up, touched by God, equipped, uh, healed maybe, and and sent out into society. Hence, apostolic, a sending center that is transforming the world beyond the four walls of the church. Why do you think the Holy Spirit is breathing on this type of church in this day and age? Well, it's simple. He's wanting to accelerate the work of the ministry beyond the four walls. He's wanting to shift the church into reaching people, into getting back to what the focus is. (laughs) Being, uh, Being those who fulfill the great commission of Matthew 28, go, there's the sending component, go and make disciples of all nations, every ethnos, every sphere, every sociological sphere of society. Now, when we look back in the book of Acts, I'll just lay this quick foundation and then give you seven proofs so you can know whether your church is truly an apostolic center. You know that with buzzwords and terminology, oftentimes uh, it becomes trend, and we follow the trend, we emulate the trend. We have the theory, but we don't have the function. And you might be a church that is in the first couple stages of an apostolic center, and mainly you're, maybe you're in the place of theory still. It doesn't mean you can't develop and grow into a real sending center. But with buzz terminology, we have churches that will use the name Apostolic Center. You'll, you'll see teachings on it. But what we're really after, apostolic ministry, is truly a result-oriented form of ministry. The gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is a result-oriented gospel. And so when we look at the book of Acts, we see that in those days there were pastoral churches, meaning bodies of people, house churches, groups of people, that were led by uh, a pastor. In the days of Apostle Paul, these were the kind of churches that were predominantly emerging. But there was also another kind of church that was emerging that had some notable characteristics to it, especially as it relates to infrastructure um, and government, church government. Uh, You could say, without going too deep into theory here, you could say that these churches were governed by apostolic teams. Uh, This was hardly a a board-driven model that hires a pastor, puts them in place, keeps him in line, and and he can only dream, he or she can only dream of just managing uh, the sheep day to day. And if he doesn't toe the line, uh, the board removes him. And so typically we see you know, pastors governed by administrators or good-hearted business people on a board. This was not that uh, in the book of Acts. And it's probably why uh, the base model of an apostolic center, if we look at the church in Ephesus, um, it had such reach. Acts 19 and verse 10 talks about it reached all of Asia. They were able to uh, reach all of Asia. They heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks, uh, because of this. So an apostolic center is not a pastoral model or a pulpit-driven model. It's different. And there are lots of things I can say about that. We could do a whole episode on... Uh, Church governance, apostolic governance, and the difference—and believe me, it makes a huge difference. Um, And we've been able to see that actually at History Makers Church, the speed of growth, the reach that we have, has so much to do with the with the infrastructure and church governance. And I'll talk more about that uh, another time. But but an apostolic center or apostolic hub, interestingly, they were springing up in major cities. That, that, believe it or not, Alexander the Great had conquered. This is fascinating because if you look at the steps of Apostle Paul, where these centers were being established, we'll just call them centers, where they were being established, they were being set up in major epicenters, major cities that had been conquered by Alexander the Great. And it's almost as if the Holy Spirit had a mind for where the gospel could be distributed fastest, where to put the sending center, what cities to put the sending center in. And so one of the components you'll find that isn't one of the seven is that your apostolic center will be in a key location. There's a reason you put a train station uh, with people coming and going or an airport in a particular city or place in the city, rather than far out in a field somewhere, there's a good reason for that. And the Holy Spirit knows this reason. That's why it's so important to build uh, with Holy Spirit. And so Paul, if you do a deep study on this, you'll find that he was actually retracing the steps of Alexander the Great. This is highly profound. The Lord knows what he's doing. So let's get into seven proofs that your church is an apostolic center model, no matter what you call it. And none of these have anything to do with title or the name that you give your church. Again, apostles deal in function, functionality. And if there was ever a time in church history we needed functionality, it's today. Number one, an apostolic center, proof of it being an apostolic center, is you have an apostle. (laughs) That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? You have, an, you have an apostle, whether you call him or her an, an apostle or apostolic leader, it doesn't matter. But they're able to function uh, as a New Testament, uh, modern-day apostle. Now, that doesn't mean they don't pastor. We also want to deal less in the apostle model where I'm an apostle, so I don't care about the people, pastoring is for somebody else, Uh, These leaders you'll find who are true apostles of apostolic centers have a heart for pastoring and they know how to pastor. It doesn't mean that they're going to do all the day-to-day work of pastoring. They're more likely to pour into and build up pastoral teams. That's what we do in History Makers Church. I build up pastoral people, helping them, those that have a shepherd's heart, to pastor, so that we're not reliant on one man or one woman at the front, but we have a pastoral team meeting the needs of the sheep. That's the benefit of having an apostle in the house. They're pretty good at developing teams. So you have an apostle that can still function pastorally and builds people, but still has time to stop and love the one, spend time with the one, has the heart of Jesus. I don't think we need to go further into that. So that's number one. Number two, proof of your church being an apostolic center is you have apostolic infrastructure or your apostolic governance, you could say. That is not a board-driven model. You may have a board. For example, at History Makers Church, we have a board but we, we handle it a little differently. They are not giving leadership to the vision or direction of the church. That is done and governed by an apostolic team of gifted leaders. Our, our model is straight out of the book of Acts. You need to still fulfill your legal requirements your, with your charitable status uh, as a legitimate charity. At least in Canada, uh, that's how we meet those legal requirements. But the direction and leadership of the church is myself and our apostolic team. So that's part of our apostolic infrastructure. And rather than putting one person or a couple people in charge of everything, we raise up teams to govern various areas of the church and our ministry beyond the four walls. We are a sending center, but we also want to meet the needs of the sheep. It does us no good calling ourselves an apostolic center when we're All about the big picture, touching nations, sending people, but we're not able to meet the needs of our own people right there within our local congregation. So anything pastoral, we develop a pastoral team. Anything related to serving or administrating the church, we develop an administrative team when it comes to the training and equipping and sending. We have an apostolic team. When it comes to our social initiatives, occupying territory and community, uh, in the community, we have a social initiatives team. So we deal in teams and you can probably see how that benefits a local congregation. People find a place to serve. uh, They're able to have their own ministries functioning and you actually make room for unlimited growth by doing it the apostolic way. So apostolic infrastructure, I could go at length on that. And uh, I like to sit down with churches, leadership teams, and really go deep into that because that is absolutely crucial. And we've had some good mentoring over the years in that I can't stress it enough, but the podcast here is isn't a place for me to unpackage that in depth. Number three, proof of your church being an apostolic center is you have what's called an apostolic orbit. I like to call it an orbit. Some people call it a network. Um, you have a metron, as it said. But an, an apostolic orbit is you have ministries that surround each other. We're all connected in some kind of alignment. You have affiliate ministries or other churches that you're in relationship with. They may not bear your name as this church plant. Uh, but they are connected to you in apostolic alignment. So you have a a metron, you have relationships with churches. You'll see this dynamic, especially in a region where you'll have the apostolic center that uh, in Asia, sometimes they'll give the terminology of a resource center where they'll be holding conferences, creating products, holding trainings, giving opportunities to bless the other churches and ministries that find themselves a part of that orbit, or as it's classically called, network. So you know, you'll know it's one of the proofs of an apostolic center when you have various ministries in your network. Now, now you may say, our church doesn't have a network. We have a few ministries we, we relate to. Well, it can grow. You actually can develop relationships and develop your orbit where you have a whole lot of ministries and churches that kind of revolve around what the apostolic center is doing. This is hugely powerful. We're always looking for methods for more unity. We're looking for strategic ways that leaders can link arms for a region. Well, (laughs) the apostolic center actually provides this. And sometimes we get caught looking at, all these new wineskins, and and it gets so heavy in the in the theory of what this should look like for regions, and and we write out our our posts and our theories on how to take a region. But you will find when you dig into the actual functionality of it, apostolic centers with apostolic orbits blanket a region, and have been at least so far the best attempt we've seen of fruitfulness as far as really impacting a a region and baptizing it into the kingdom of God. So an apostolic orbit, ministries, ministers, churches that you relate to, and they don't have to just be regional. They can be national, international. Number four, fourth proof that your church is an apostolic center. You have a system, I use the word system intentionally there, You have a system of training and equipping. You have schools. You you are not really an apostolic center if you're just preaching to people one day a week and maybe you've got a Bible study. That's all good. But the sending center actually relies not on conferences, not on events. A true sending center is obsessed with helping people discover their calling and purpose, equipping them in it, and sending them. That's different than discipleship. Yes, you've got to have discipleship, pastoring people, seeing them healed, discipling them in following Jesus. But beyond that, they also must be trained and equipped in their calling, purpose, and reason for being still on this earth, their ministry out there. It's important that that leadership in an apostolic center would see every single person in that congregation, as heaven's resource, as, as a minister somewhere in society, uh, and you may say, well, I, I just want to serve in church. Of course, that's ministry also, but that's more along the lines of uh, being part of a family, washing the dishes, cleaning up after yourself, but your ministry, your calling, the thing you're born to do, oftentimes should have expression out there because it's connected to reaching the lost. It's, connect, it's connected to bringing the kingdom uh, to this world. And so, you'll have a system of training and equipping. What we do with History Makers Training, we offer three day trainings, and we will go into churches that don't necessarily have their own school, and we become a school for them. We come in, offer these trainings, equip their people for ministry in all diverse ranges. And we're able to help that way. And there are lots of ministries that are emerging to help churches begin to train and equip. I've often said that if you as a local church don't have some level of training and equipping your people for ministry, you will find it difficult to be relevant at all in in the next 10 years of where God is taking the church in society. So you have a system of training and equipping. Maybe it's a monthly Saturday, where you disciple and train people. Maybe it's three days a month. Maybe it's a weekly type thing. No matter what wineskin you give it that makes sense for your people and schedule and demographic, as long as it's truly training and equipping, you will find people will be excited about it and they'll begin to get results out there, which really matters to God. But those results out there also trigger an influx of health and people and vibrancy within the local church or apostolic center. Number five, fifth proof that your church is an apostolic center. You have systems of prayer. Again, using the terminology of system for a reason. You have a functioning, routine, consistent uh, a river of prayer or machine of prayer. This goes beyond just Pre-service prayer before service, as good as that is, or midweek prayer or something like that. That can be part of it. We're talking about night vigils. We're talking about online Zoom prayer meetings. We're talking about uh, church-wide prayer and fasts once, uh, once or twice a year. At our History Makers Church, we actually have, of course, we have pre-service prayer, midweek move, which is Bible study and prayer but we also have our monthly History Makers Prayer on a Friday night. and We all get on Zoom, all of our Orbit ministries we, who are connected with us, and we pray. We also have our River of Prayer that's functioning from Monday through to Friday from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. doesn't have to be hours and hours long. We just provide different streams of prayer all working at the same time. And that has a profound impact on the breadth and reach of our particular apostolic center. You see, the enemy actually sets up, uh, I call them timed uh, landmines or proximity landmines. If you don't know what a proximity mine is, it's a bomb that's set up on a wall or the ground so that when somebody reaches that part of the building, it goes off. The enemy has proximity minds set up to try to make sure your church never reaches a certain place. And if the water level goes up, the anointing goes up, you begin to take more territory in the city, guess what happens? The enemy has programmed some bombs and explosions to go off to hinder the progress you're making. But when your center or your church have an ongoing system of prayer, it actually works to uh, disarm and deactivate future attacks of the enemy against the ground you're called to take. Isn't that powerful? You actually can deal with those things ahead of time so the water level can continue to rise. You continue to freely take territory in your region or, or in what God has called you to do unhindered because the machine of prayer is always taking ground in the spirit. It's the air assault (laughs) so that the tanks and the troops can move in unhindered on the ground. Isn't Isn't that exciting? That's just what happens in an apostolic center. Number six, sixth proof that you're an apostolic center model is you have systems of strategic sending. Systems of strategic sending. I know it's a bit of a mouthful there, but a a systematic way of sending people into society. This is not evangelism. And I know that's shocking right there, and I'm not against evangelism. We believe in random evangelism, street evangelism, uh, evangelizing people at your workplace, bringing people to church even to be uh, evangelized. We believe in all of that, but systematic sending to occupy territory, just looks different. How that looks in an apostolic center is when somebody discovers their calling. Let's say their calling is to reach single mothers. We now, as an apostolic center, a base, we train them and equip them in how to reach single mothers outside of the church. So when they go out to reach single mothers, they're not just wandering through the street looking for a single mom to give a track to. We help them to establish a legitimate enterprise or ministry or program or even legal registered charity out there in society aimed at reaching single moms. <laughs> so the surprise, surprise, the church then has a presence beyond the four walls, right there where single mothers are. And we send somebody like that. So the goal is to identify and help every person in the Apostolic Center to identify their place of calling, their promised land, their ministry, their pulpit out there, and then we send them. And we're not worried about whether they ever come back because they do, because they recognize their results out there have to do with being connected to the local church, the apostolic center. And we saw that when when someone who wanted to reach single moms began to see them saved out there, they wanted to connect to a church. They wanted to go to a church that had a kids program and fellowship with other moms. They didn't want to be just out there isolated on their own. So when you send people, believe me, you reap a harvest and they come back in. And you've heard probably already many stories how history makers training works to do that. Helping churches to be churches without walls. An apostolic center, in fact, can pump out so many people into ministries out there that you actually become a church without walls. You actually occupy territory. Why should the occupation of the kingdom be limited to your building on your street in a two-hour time slot on a Sunday morning? (laughs) when you can equip and send people to have a presence out there in the community. And one of the secrets to that is identifying problems, bringing solutions to your community. Find out what the issues are in your community, train people to meet those needs, solve those problems, and watch how fast your church has a kingdom presence in society. I bet you never heard a church like this before. But we have to keep trumpeting this message because you don't have to wait to reach the harvest. It's not hinging on the next prophetic word or conference, as good as those are. It has to do with training, equipping, and sending. So strategic systems for sending to occupy territory. You might have heard of organized crime and how people, corrupt people, uh, can can occupy in a, in a city or region. The police are fighting against it. The community doesn't like it. But that organized crime somehow thrives. Well, it's because it's not just crime. It's organized crime. So what about organized righteousness? What about organizing the kingdom? Equipping people to go out there and bring the kingdom in a way that occupies no matter how much The enemy wants to fight it. Oh, I could say a lot on that, but let's move quickly to our last proof that your church is an apostolic center. Number seven, resource distribution. Resource distribution. Your center serves as a a, a place that puts out ministries that bless other people, other ministries, perhaps it's books, products, training events, conferences, You're always providing opportunity for other pastors, other churches, to come in and and grow and benefit from and go out and be more effective in ministry. Maybe you have churches in other nations that are able to take your books, your curriculum, your school, your structure, and they're able to implement right where they are. That makes you a center for resources. So, that particular apostolic center should always be looking for ways to offer more resources to more churches, more ministries, and, and to the world. You're, you're like a factory pumping out kingdom stuff. So, if somebody in your church writes a book, don't just celebrate it and hope they sell on Amazon. Make that book available through graphics, promotion, advertisement, interviews. Make that book available to the other pastors, churches, ministries, people in your apostolic orbit, and you'll truly be a resource center. I hope this blessed you today as we discuss the seven proofs of an apostolic center model so you know if your church is apostolic. And I want to encourage you that no matter where you're at on this seven, and you may say, wow, we have none of these, but we feel the call to to function this way, begin to implement See if the Holy Spirit leads you to be more effective in reaching people. God bless. Coming up next week, God uses people whose hearts are right. Ministry is actually intended to be out of the overflow of the purity and intimacy of our hearts. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit HistorymakersAcademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.